Welcome to Come Talk With Me. I'm Maxetta Gad, and I believe we all have a story. I also believe we can learn from each other. Sometimes we learn what to do, and sometimes we learn what not to do. My hope is we will learn we are not alone in whatever chapter of our story we are in. everybody. Welcome back. Um, I'm with Tara again this week and um, I'm excited for you to hear the rest of her testimony. Just to recap a little bit, uh, the past couple episodes you've heard about some some abuse, you've heard about manipulation, how people mm-hmm. controlled her, um, betrayal even from people that she thought that she could trust mm-hmm. and just to remind you that now we are in her, she's an adult, we're in the adult time frame, but it's a general time frame. We um, always want to honor others that are involved in this story and respect their right to privacy. So um, it's just a, just a wide variety of mm-hmm. occurrences that she may share with us and that she has shared with us, excuse me. So we will, she's in Texas, and just for those of you that maybe haven't caught the first two episodes, please go back and listen to them. She is, she and her husband, Jeremy, um, are parents to two, she calls them her bonus children, but she actually cares for um, her husband's ex-wife, Tiffany, who mm-hmm. is now in a care home, but we'll get to that part of the testimony, but it's beautiful how God has brought them together and, mm-hmm. you know, the kids benefit and God mm-hmm. continues to be glorified. So we're going to go ahead and let her pick up with where she's at in her testimony. And we will continue to set in awe of what God yeah. has done. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry, you go right ahead. Well, thank you again. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, and I, I know we ended um, kind of going into my adult years and I had mentioned that book, Rachel's Tears. And how my parents had given it to me through some yes. of my, my hard days. But um, God reminded me of something so beautiful with that, that just for people listening to never give up, because I know through teenage years and then even in marriages, you know, even as you get older, if you have a family member or a friend or someone you love, yes, at the time my parents gave me this Christian book and the Lord had moved them to give it to me. I had all the Jesus feels, but I immediately went back in my weakness, back into sin. But every seed counts. (laughs) And God reminded me of that. (laughs) Yes. Amen to that. That's important. Every seed does certainly count. Yes. Just don't give up because I remember, you know, my parents must have been like, well, that didn't work. Yes, it did. It was a seed (laughs) and others will water it and God will make it grow. So don't give up. The Lord is moving you to do something or speak something, pray for someone, be obedient. And even if it takes 10, 15 years, like it did for me. God will get the glory. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So do not give up. Um, And it's in, um, I was reading second Corinthians 12, nine, it's in his power. um, His power is made perfect in our weakness. And I was so weak at the time, but as I realized as time went on, I'm so trying to do this in my own strength. Those teenage years, as I got older, after all the abuse, 
I was trying so hard in my own power, but it wasn't until this verse came alive and real in my life. And I realized it's not in my strength. It's in his strength. Right. And it's in our weakness that his powers make perfect because that's the goal. We can't do it on our own. We have to fall into his power and yeah. then it happens. And that's just something to keep you guys hopeful. It worked in the end. So, so don't give up. <laughs> I promise. Okay. That's right. People need to hear that though, because often even myself, you know, when, I mean, I have people that I care for and love and I'm praying for them to come on in the kingdom, but it, sometimes you get impatient. You think, oh yeah. my goodness, is it ever going to happen? But yes, yes. Seeds are planted and you're right. He'll bring people along the way yeah. to water them. And yeah. So stay in faith, stay, yeah. stay the course. Yeah. Yes. I'm living proof. <laughs> oh. But um, I know I've mentioned a lot of things that happened to me and I had been through so much abuse on my own, but other things that began to happen were things that were happening to people around me because of the abusive people that were in my life. And for me personally, that was worse. Um, yeah. I had been with a guy that was extremely abusive to me. Um, it was the person that was like drugging my drinks and getting me extra, extra strong drinks and then harming me sexually and physically. And during that time with that person, some time had gone by and I had had someone really, really, really close to me that just pulled away out of the blue. And I had no idea what was going on. And eventually it was revealed to me that the person that was harming me began to try to harm them wow. and began talking with them and making them drinks, you know, just a little drink, but there were extra drinks in it or drugs, who knows? Right. Um, and so my choices now, I, I want to make it clear. I'm not the abuser. That person was the abuser and it's not my fault. I, the yeah. abuser was the abuser and he did right. it. However, if we choose to stay with an abuser because our worth is so low and because we don't know how to get out because we don't know how to go to God, it can and will affect others. You know, you hear about like the moms that marry an abusive father and then they abuse the kids. Of course, it's not the mom's fault. It yeah. is the abuser's fault. Mm -hmm. 100% that's their choice. It is not my fault. But I know as time went on, I was thinking, man, if I only knew my words, if I only had run to Jesus sooner, the choices I made of choosing people that I believed I was on the level of receiving their behavior, yes. then it wouldn't have possibly affected those around me. And not that it's my fault. Right. But it, right. it made me rethink, man, I wish I knew my worth sooner and yes. just being a better example for those around me because people ended up getting hurt and right. I lost relationships because of choosing this abusive cycle of men consistently right. because I feel so broken. Yes. And, and I know that's very common in people that have been abused. A lot of people around you sometimes get hurt as well. And it's such an awful cycle. And so again, just running to God and you have worth in Jesus. And if you yeah. begin to know your worth, it'll be so easy to leave that person. But until right. then, it is just that trauma bond that is mm -hmm. just, it's chains and it is so hard. I've been yes. there. <laughs> yes. And and tell me what you said, what we believe about ourselves. That's the type of people we will attract. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 We live up to the level of what, how we view ourselves That's right. <laughs> and yeah. the enemy is a liar. And so, you know, through, I believe that through abuse, there's so many doors for hell, you know, yeah. I've seen it. It's like I said, that sticker on the forehead, I've been abused. You see someone who's gone through abuse and then it's a cycle in their life mm -hmm. of being around and choosing those people, allowing those people to treat them that way, because 
when you're abused psychologically, spiritually, you believe you deserved it. You believe you're worth that. And even if you don't think like that, it's what Mm -hmm. you believe spiritually and, you know, in your mind. And unfortunately it just creates that cycle until Jesus. And (laughs) I just, I could, that's the point of sharing so many details of my life Mm -hmm. is to help one person. If I can help one person understand that you are worth so much more and that there is hope and that you can have healing and even confidence, godly confidence where you stand up for yourself and you, you sniff out the abuser and you, you just want to pray for him, but you're not going to date him. You're not going to marry him. Yes, that's right. When you went into these relationships at any time, did you think, oh, I can, I can change them or they'll love me so much that they'll change for me or they won't treat me this way. (laughs) All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was a fixer. Like I'm very, and that's another thing. I'm very empathetic. Uh I'm a feeler, you know, God created me to have this discernment and I, I'm so empathetic. I can feel things, you know? And so when I'm meeting these men that are so broken and hurting, you know, and a lot of the time it's through manipulation, they see that in us, they see, they can take advantage of our kindness and our abuse from the past. And so it's just a really bad combination. Mm -hmm. It's spiritual warfare for sure. Yes. (laughs) Um, but I truly did. I wanted to help him. I wanted to help the other guy and I wanted to help everyone that was hurting and broken, but you can't help. I mean, you can't, God can do whatever through anyone, but it's very hard to help someone else when you don't even, you're not even whole yourself. Yeah. When you are yeah. still broken, you still need God's healing. You are still believing this about yourself. It's nearly impossible to help someone else see their value when you don't see yours. Right. And I've used the analogy before, you know, on a plane, when the oxygen tanks fall down, when the plane's going down, they always say, first, put your oxygen mask on before you help the person next to you, because you can't help them if you pass out (laughs) and you don't have the oxygen, the life support. And I've often thought of that analogy. God gave it to me years ago because that's what I was trying to do. I was always trying to help these people on the plane. Oh, he's passing out. He's passing out. But I didn't have the life support. I didn't have that oxygen. I was just going without the oxygen and just doing it on my own. And yeah. it was disastrous. Yes. Yeah. It's so important to have that life source, God filling us and giving us that air, that life. And then we can go knowing our value and our worth and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. God will move through us. Right. But in our own strength, it is pointless and hopeless without yeah. prayer. <laughs> yes, you're right. That's very true. Amen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it just leads to cycles over yeah. and over. And so I've just kind of said throughout life, my new motto is pray and obey. It's just, it's so simple that way. Mm-hmm. I lived so rebellious for so long that now I just ask God. And then what he says, I do, because I lived the opposite for so long. And I saw this destruction. I saw people that I absolutely loved and adored getting hurt around me and me secluding myself and these men secluding me from people that loved me. And it was such a lonely, dark place to be mm-hmm. that you feel so much shame. It's even harder to leave. And that's usually the goal of the abuser. <laughs> and so for anyone who is there now, know that there is a way out. It is through Jesus <laughs> and there is hope. And again, I'm living proof. I'm the most bold, confident. You will not change how I view myself because I have my view from God yeah. and I'm filled with joy and confidence. <laughs> so yeah. there's hope it's even wonderful. for the people like me who were extremely beaten down by abuse and mm-hmm. this horrible treatment throughout my life. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. it was around that time that, um, after all the bad stuff, there's some good. 
Uh, <laughs> I started going to Gateway Church in um, South Lake, Texas. Robert Morris, yeah. he's a pretty well-known preacher. And mm-hmm. um, I had never been to a church that was like Holy Spirit filled. I had been to a lot of really weird, creepy kind of religious backwoods churches where people said one thing and lived a different way. I never really saw Jesus other than one church kind of growing up. So to walk into Gateway was, I believe, one of the biggest starts of the seeds in my life of true Jesus. Um, and I remember when the doors opened and I was I was like, this is heaven. I feel the presence of God. I had no relationship with God. I was not really a born again Christian. I knew God, but I, I knew of him, but I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And I just remember hearing the worship and, and hearing the truth of the yeah. word of God and seeing it in this pastor's life and yeah. people around. And it made me so hopeful. I wanted it so bad. I always wanted it so bad. I knew it was there. I just didn't know how to get there because again, my own strength. (laughs) Now, did someone invite you or did you just see the church and think, I'm going to try this? I have reached out to an old high school friend and said, Hey, I'm going to be living in this area. Do you know any good churches? And they told me about the church. Okay. Okay. It was so random. It was so God. And um, it was really small back then when I went, it was very, now it's like a mega, mega church. (laughs) We still go actually, we're back at that church now. But um, when I went, it was small and it was so small. I went to a women's retreat and um, this was one of the first times that I got healing from God. And I truly started to see who he was, even though I still didn't know how to get that relationship. I didn't know how to stop the cycle in my life. But um, I ended going to this women's retreat and I sat with the preacher's wife, Robert Morris's wife. I met his daughter. It was so down to earth and, you know, no one was famous or anything. It was just so simple and beautiful. And I remember the only thing that was always on my mind was all the abuse I'd been through. And I was actually with one of my abusers around that time. And so I, I remember just thinking, I'm. I'm putting on a show, like I'm hiding all this stuff. And I had never told anyone about majority of the things I was going through. No one knew what I was going through at that moment. And towards the end of the retreat, they called up women who have been through abuse. And they said, if you've ever been abused, um, please come up and we want to pray for you. And I could not stay in my seat. I was like, it was that the Holy Spirit was just grabbing my hand, like a best friend and walking me down the aisle. And it was so small and intimate, but there was no shame. There was no embarrassment. So I know it was the Lord. And, um, the lady just grabbed my hands and I told her briefly, like, you know, when I was four, I was molested and I've had abuse throughout my life. And I'm with someone who's pretty abusive right now. And I just need, I need help. Like I just need healing. And I just, I want to be better. You know, I just, and I had so much anger at the time I was having anger outbursts Mm -hmm. and they were like uncontrollable. I, I couldn't, if I felt like I was being lied to or manipulated, I would just scream and I would just get angry. And it was like this rage that would just come from that feeling of you're doing that to me. And she prayed for me. She grabbed my hands and instantly I felt this peace just come over me. And literally in that moment, I was healed from everything in my childhood. It's like, I couldn't think about it anymore. It was like the four-year-old, the 14-year-old era. All of that was like healed. It was amazing. (laughs) My anger instantly stopped. I never had like a rage outburst again that moment. And that was like generational stuff. Also like the rage I had heard, you know, through the generations that that was pretty common in our family from people being unhappy and then having anger. 
And all of a sudden it was gone. And I remember knowing it was God. He had completely healed me right then and there. And I mean, I was a preacher's daughter, but I never understood healing. I never thought it was real. And how good is God? I wasn't even in relationship with him. I wasn't even truly seeking him. I was still living in this blinded sin and he's there healing me. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. It was amazing. It was in the midst of all the craziness and there he was. (laughs) Yeah. But, but boy, doesn't he work like that though? It's just when, when we try to plan it or when we think it's going to happen this way, he's just good at being God. Yes. That's, that's amazing. So from that moment (laughs) on, you would consider yourself healed. Uh, Yeah. From those things. I I feel like because the abuse was still happening at the time later, healing came for that, right? Mm -hmm. that period and some stuff after, but the childhood things completely healed and the anger was gone. Anger. I could not get angry. I don't think I've ever raised my voice since then. Mm. Well, maybe a little since then. And then when I got born again, born again, never again. Yeah. (laughs) But it was like night and day. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm still in awe of that day, but yeah. in Mark 5:34 it says, and he said to her, "Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace." And it's just that simple. It's literally it's been paid for. Jesus died on the cross for all of this these gifts of healing and the life that he died on the cross for is the life that we're allowed to live through getting healed 100%, not 90%, not 99. Everything that God sent Jesus for, we have access to. And it's that simple daughter, you, um, your faith has made you whole go in peace. He's just, it's that quick, just go in peace. It's not a 12 step program. You don't have to wait 30 years. It can be instant. And God is that good. Yeah. It's just, if, if I realize it and in that moment, I wanted it badly. I was so desperate for peace that I remember just thinking, I know he can do this. And he did instantly. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yes. I know. He's that amazing. Is amazing. Wow. Yeah. So time had gone on. I'm just kind of bouncing around, but I mentioned I had been divorced and mm-hmm. there's so many um, people that I ran into after I was born again that would say, well, you've been divorced and anyone who's ever been divorced can never help any marriage. They can never help someone else. You know, you're pretty much discounted. I had so many people in the church telling me that Wow. now granted to an extent, I understand (laughs) if you are, you know, seven times divorced and you're still cheating and you're going out, you're about to get another divorce, but you own a marriage ministry. I understand that's Mm -hmm. hypocritical. There has to be redemption, repentance, healing, and a born again the old is dead and the new is here with Christ. Mm-hmm. And you move forward and you turn from your sin. And once you do that, you're a new creation in Christ. Yeah. The past is forgiven as far as the East from the West. And so there was just so many people speaking death over me after my divorce and telling me you're never going to be able to help anyone. And, um, until one person came along with truth and she started speaking truth to me, but it was just so crazy how, again, if you've been hurt by the church, know that it wasn't Jesus right. <laughs> because I have lost count now since I found the Lord, how many marriages God has used me to help remain, heal Mm -hmm. and stay together. Mm -hmm. And I've been divorced. I'm completely repented, forgiven and moved on born again, but God will use you. Don't ever let someone even in the church tell you otherwise, especially if it's something opposite of the Bible, 
<laughs> if any Christian or any person in your life is saying anything, go to your Bible and check what the Bible says. Because as I always say, God trumps everything. He trumps yeah. every pastor. <laughs> I don't yeah. care if they're a mega church pastor or a deacon at a church, which many deacons were telling me, you cannot take advice from someone who's divorced and you cannot give it. Mm. And that is just simply not biblical. Wow. I mean, look yeah. at the life of Saul. Yeah. If that was the case, yeah. why would God use Saul who mm -hmm. was ordering many Christians to be murdered? Yeah. <laughs> Men right. with children yeah. and God can heal you. You can be restored and God will use you. There yeah. is no thing that can come from your past that will ever stop God wanting to use you as a mighty vessel for the kingdom, no matter what anybody says. So you just take it to the Bible. Yes. God yeah. trumps everything. I agree. And I want to reiterate that many times. People will say things to you uh, from the church or that are Christians. And I want to reiterate, you God will use people, but he will yeah. never, ever stray from his word. Like it mm -hmm. has to be from the Bible. So mm -hmm. anytime somebody speaks something over you or to you, you make sure it lines up with the word mm -hmm. and you pray about it. Like she said, yeah. I mean, you pray about it and make sure that it is the word of God and not yeah. someone's opinion. <laughs> yes. Yes. Biblical yeah. truth. Trump Biblical truth. Always. <laughs> and always. Any title on this earth. <laughs> yes. Agree. Thank you for bringing that up. That's important yeah. to hear, especially nowadays. People are having a tough time at churches sometimes. And that's I know. I know. very important to hear that. Okay. Yeah. Amen. So around my divorce, um, I we divorced before we were both saved. Um, but also there were biblical reasons why I know God allowed me out, although I was not saved at the time. Um, but around that time I had justified sin in my mind because I had found all these things out about my ex and I was thinking, okay, well, in my mind, I'm, I'm leaving him anyways. And I'm telling you, it is crazy how hell can snatch you within a moment, because especially if you think you're safe, I had been in church my whole life. I became a really good religious girl. People knew me as a Christian. I got this really good job. I would never go drinking. I would never go to the happy hours. Um, I, you know, I was the one saying I'm a Christian. I don't drink. And I go to church on Sunday. I was going to gateway church and amazing church, Holy spirit filled and still living in constant sin, but calling myself a Christian and living as a good girl. I was a good person. I was doing all the right things. And then here comes this divorce. And right before we got divorced, I overnight decided I found all these things out, all the things that had happened to me up until now, it all just, I allowed the enemy to lie and say, God allowed this, you know, be angry at God, turn from him. Look what you've been missing out on. And now you deserve something. You've been so mistreated. Go have fun. You've been with the same guy for a while you haven't experienced real dating, go out into the world. And literally overnight, hell just snatched my mind and I went for it. And I was having an affair at the end of my marriage, right before I got divorced, I went into an affair with a married man, which if anybody knows me, they know that that is literally the opposite of who I am, my character, everything I was raised. I'm just, I can't kill an ant. Like I have the softest part. People are always, oh, you're so nice. And I'm literally overnight switching from this good girl, 
perfect choices. I make all the right things, choices. I'm a good person. I'm, I'm so kind. I'm so respectful to walking into an affair with a man that I knew was married and had children. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even fathom that now (laughs) that I was doing that because I'm a new person. But before I knew it, it was as if I never knew God and I never wanted to know him. I wanted and desired this so badly that it, it was a chokehold of chains around me. And I became obsessed with this guy. It was like every bit of my childhood, not having a lot of attention or love for my dad, like not a lot of compliments growing up, um, that had always affected me, um, was not close to my dad at all. So I always craved like a father figure, um, all of the mean boys at that rich school that called me ugly. All of a sudden I lose 40 pounds. I start working out. I get in a trainer. I get in the best shape of my life. I start spray tanning. I do laser hair. I'm wearing tons of makeup. I'm the tiniest I've ever been. I'm doing everything I can to look like what the world says is attractive. Hmm. I became whatever I thought he wanted. I mean, a literal overnight shift and it was insane. (laughs) Did he treat you well? I mean, was he abusing you or was it a relationship like you've never experienced before? He was, he wasn't abusing me, but he was Mm -hmm. not nice. (laughs) He was not safe. And he was a chauvinistic like flirt. Um, it, it went, it's happened so quickly. And before I knew it, he was telling me like, he was in love with me. I was in love. I was in my mind. I had been so in love with this person. I could not function when I would not be with him. If I wasn't around him, I was depressed. Mm -hmm. It was the craziest chokehold ever. And what was crazy is he wasn't even really somebody that I would normally be interested in. It was that bizarre. And the blinders were on full, but in the moment I began to like perfect myself in the world's view. And this man was very worldly, Mm -hmm. very picky about what was perfect. And so I be started to try to become perfect in his eyes and uh, personality type. I changed my personality type to be what he liked. I changed my look and how I dressed to be exactly what he wanted. I was starving myself. I was working out with a trainer and working out at night. Um, I could not function until I saw him and was around him and had his attention and his affection because I had finally found, I had never really had men attracted to me. I'd never been told I was very pretty. And all of a sudden I'm I have money. My career is taking off. I look like what the world says is beautiful. These men are desiring me. And it was this absolute lie from the enemy, this chokehold of control that I finally had. I felt like, oh my gosh, men desire me. And it changed all. It started to make me feel so good. My dad didn't say it was beautiful. Those boys in that rich school called me ugly, but now look, now I can get any man I want. If I act this way, look this way. And it was a high, it was this demonic high that every night I would be lonely and depressed. (laughs) It brought me no goodness in my life other than that high in the moment of he's attracted to me. He's saying I'm the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. Okay. I'm not going to eat again tomorrow and I'm going to run another mile. You know, it was such a demonic stronghold and it's truly the beginning of what took off 
I'd say before this, it was a lot of people abusing me and a lot of really awful things happening. Then there was this shift of me taking control. Now I wanted to do the bad things. Now I wanted to go out and sin and party and have these men desire me. And I thought I did, but every night I was lonely. Every night I was depressed. Every night I was hopeless. And life started to just fall apart because of these choices. And it was not long before this person was saying he was going to marry me. And he was going to, you know, figure everything out. And I was literally on board that, which is mind blowing now knowing Jesus. Um, And overnight, I know if people don't believe that God is for you, even in your sin, I've talked to so many people since I've been online sharing and TikTok that say, well, I'm being punished for my past. Well, God won't give me that because I did these things. And I'm like, you need to listen to my testimony. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anybody I know I do, but I did it all. I did everything horrible. And when I was in my darkest point of sin, God was still chasing my heart. He still loved me. He didn't love my sin, but yeah. he still loved me and wanted what was best for me. And I know it was the Lord. We had been talking and we never ended up having sex. We kissed a lot and we crossed some lines, but we did not do anything actually sexual. Thank God. Not that it's any better, but I was head over heels in love. He was what my life was. And overnight he stopped talking to me, began attacking me. And God literally moved him across the United States overnight. Wow. (laughs) So God knew I would chase him. Yeah. Yeah. I was the crazy girl. God was like, "Mm mm-mm. Nah, you're too crazy right now. I'm going to have to like throw him to the end. Let's get him out of there. Yeah. And he did. And I was mad. Oh, I was, it was the darkest place I'd been. I was beyond depressed at the time. Yeah. But as I look back, it just makes me smile because that's what dads do. Yeah. If they see, if a good father sees his daughter going into traffic, he's going to grab her arm and he's going to take her somewhere safe and Looking back, I'm just mind blown at how even when I wouldn't make the right choice, I know people were praying for me. It's another reason why I don't give up praying on people, we'll y'all. Up. That's right. Yeah. Because prayers were happening and God threw him out of my life. <laughs> and at the same time, I was losing a job and it kind of in between jobs. And there was this prestigious job in our area that friends of mine had been trying to get into for three years, never got into. I get a call one day right around this time and they say, Hey, um, we want to interview you uh, as a recruiter. And I said, I'm not looking, I'm not interested. And they said, do you understand what company this is? And they told me, and I really didn't know about it, but long story short, the most incredible job, nobody gets into this company, double pension. I mean, retirement is insane. The pay is incredible. If you have this name on your resume, you're good. And they usually takes like six months plus to get in, in the interview process and forever to get hired. I was interviewed and hired within two days and starting a couple days later. Oh my goodness. Wow. (laughs) I got a sign on bonus. I got a raise. God was trying to show me the blessings he wanted to give me and saying, I know the enemy is dangling this and it looks good. It's it's a turd with a ribbon on it, but it's still a turd. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, is crap. That's right. it is not good. There's yeah. a big red ribbon on it, but it will bring you death. And here's what I have for you. And I still 
kept running from him more and more. I would get convicted. I know people were praying, but then I would run even further into sin. And this is one of the coolest things. When I think back, I was, I was kind of going over things last night and I was just laying in bed, like giddy cry laughing and just hanging with Jesus because it was the coolest thing ever. Um, after the affair ended and God threw him out of my life and I got this incredible job, I was so mad. I was even more mad. And I was like, I'm going into online dating. I'm getting online. I'm going to go have fun. And I was in the same house that had all my Christian decorations, you know, that it is well on the fireplace, all the things that's good religious Christians do to go to church on Sunday. Yeah. And I didn't, they had no meaning. I didn't, it wasn't well in my soul. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know God. (laughs) Now, at any time during that, like when you were offered that job, did you think like, oh, this is God doing this or were were you just not giving him any acknowledgement at all or? Oh, I knew your thought process during that time. Yes. Yeah. I knew every time someone was praying for me, yeah. I knew every gift God was giving me, but I had so many walls up because I, I knew that the second I looked at him, I wouldn't be able to do these things. And I wanted to so badly. There was such a grip on me mm-hmm. to want to sin. And I was finding so much in the moment pleasure of this attention that I was like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go. I didn't want to go back to the God I had known that is not God. I didn't want to go back to this religious life. If you think, you know, God, and you've never experienced extreme peace, healing, his joy, his goodness, and an absolute 180 change in your life, then you never actually knew him. You knew religion and nobody wants that. It's empty. It's Mm -hmm. rules. It's a checklist and it stinks. (laughs) And so in my mind, I thought I knew him. I knew he was talking to me and I was like, no, 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 not even going to turn, not even going to look, la, 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 la. Don't talk to me. I can't look (laughs) at you. The conviction was so strong. I was like, "Mm, mm, mm," because I don't want that. I didn't want those churches I'd been to. I didn't want the people I had met. I didn't want that Jesus, that God. Yeah. But nobody does because that's not him. Because if you truly meet him, you want more and more of him and you will never experience anything better in your life. And you can't walk away from him like Mm -hmm. that, not easily. Right. And so, yeah, I knew it was him. I knew he was blessing me, especially when a lot of my friends who weren't saved were were all telling me, I tried to get in there and I'm thinking, God's doing this for me. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Not thinking about you. I got way too much to do (laughs) for her. Yeah. Yeah. He's very gracious to us. He is very gracious. Yes. Extremely gracious. Yes. Um, Yeah. yeah. And it was around that time that I decided that I was going to throw away every Christian decoration I had ever bought. I was no longer a Christian. Now I'm an agnostic atheist. I don't believe. Don't talk to me. You're not there. I knew he was there. Mm -hmm. But I was like, no, no, no. Uh, No, you're not there. You've never done anything for me. I'm done with you. I want to enjoy the world. The world looked better than those creepy churches and the weird people I'd met that weren't kind and didn't have Jesus, you know, the religion, the Pharisee type, you know, behavior. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm ready to go. So I remember so vividly, it was a yellow and white. It is well with my soul, little decoration tossed it in the trash. Mm-hmm. I remember walking around my house so happy in a way, but like terrified. I could feel him behind me. Like, nope, not feeling that trash, trash, went through, threw away everything. 
And then I went into my closet where I'd hidden all my Bibles because I didn't want to look at them. And I remember picking up every Bible I had and throwing them in the trash one by one. Wow. I I remember it being like cold. Like, I'm not going to think about this. We're done here. Tie it up. And then I was going to have a garage sale. (laughs) All my Jesus things, anything left over, threw away the Bibles. If that doesn't tell you where I was at the time. Yeah, that speaks volumes. (laughs) I mean, that like gives me chills now. I'm like, but that's my life source. Yeah. What? I was giving away everything I needed because I had never read it with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. A little side note, Robert Morris um, always, he says something that is just amazing about the Bible. And he says, it is a spiritual book written by a spiritual being for spiritual beings. It is not written for our flesh. So you hear people that say, well, I've tried to read it and I didn't feel anything, or I've, I've tried to read it and nothing made sense. That's because it was built for our spirit. It was written for our spirit. And if your spirit is not born again, if you are not filled with the Holy spirit, it is going to be really hard to understand. And I had read it growing up, but it did not much to me. It's still alive and breathing and it was seeds, but it's so different when you know him, when you're filled with the Holy spirit, when you're born again, your spirit comes alive and it was written by a spiritual being for spiritual beings. And so that's why it was so easy to throw it away because it had never done anything for me in my mind. It was just a book. That's what I was telling myself, even though I was very convicted. Yeah. I was going to ask at the time that you were throwing, don't, I mean, the decorations, I can see you whipping through those, but at the time you held the Bible and actually threw it away, like, do you remember thinking, oh, this isn't, yeah. this is not oh, a I remember. choice. <laughs> I remember the moment. I remember I yeah. had to harden myself. so quickly because it was like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. It it was like, all right, we're here. We're doing this. Like you throw that in there. We're done. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's go. Like, it was just this cold hearted darkness just came over me of this cold heart, this hardened heart towards God that like nothing had worked out. must've been his fault, even though I knew it wasn't, but I was blaming him and I was moving on to better things, even though I was the most lonely, broken person in the world. (laughs) and nothing was working out and everyone was still hurting me I was like this must be better and honestly the world can be better than quote-unquote religion because religion is awful it's Mm -hmm. not God it is not true Jesus it's just it's just uh checklists yeah and there's no regulations yes it's so different when you have a personal relationship with him that is what true Jesus is and so to me the world looked better I was like, that didn't bring me anything. So I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but I was a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and when I think back, I'm like, oh, what? Like, I yeah. love him so much. What in the world? Wow. But yeah. I didn't know him at yeah. all. So you threw everything away, including the Bibles. You had now, did you say you had a, a sale? Did yes. you sell them or you threw okay? So you're throwing well, everything out. I and you're determined, yeah, you're determined to live this lifestyle for the world that looks enticing and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. My. So how did that go? <laughs> so this was what I was saying was like the most beautiful thing that God did in the midst yeah. of my absolutely crazy sin was I threw that garage sale Yeah, and I took everything and just threw it in my garage. 
I didn't know any of my neighbors. I had never spoken to them. And I was kind of towards one end. And then there was this really nice house at the very end on the way out of our neighborhood. And I'd seen it before. I'd seen the family, really cute family, happy family, but never spoke to anyone. And this woman walks into my garage with her two kiddos. And I happened to have, I had lived in Boston, Massachusetts for a while. And so I was, uh, had some Red Sox, Boston Red Sox stuff. And I just had it laying out. Like I was just getting rid of everything. I wanted to restart. I was a new person and this was my new life, this crazy person. And I remember she walked up and she said, oh my gosh, you have Boston Red Sox stuff. My son is the biggest fan. And she was so sweet. And so she was like, how much can we pay? And my daughter would love this purse. And in that moment of my cold heartedness and just my new life, I remember feeling the presence of the Lord, like kindness came over me. And I was like, y'all just take it. Like, don't even worry about it. She was so kind and so sweet. And I remember now that I look back, I was having this garage sale to get rid of Jesus out of my life. And here comes this woman and she starts talking to me. Now I'm pretty much suicidal. I'm depressed. Mm. I'm angry. I am so lonely. This affair just ended. I'm about, I'm getting online dating, starting that. And this lady says, how are you? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm great. You know? And she said, can I invite you to church? This woman, Jesus sees me having a garage sale to get rid of him. And he walks into my garage. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> you're not not going that easy yeah you cannot hide from him this is true you can run but cannot hide yeah he's so good she was a preacher's wife turns out and they went to one of the biggest probably the biggest mega church in all of texas if that says anything um i had no idea at the time and in that moment of hard hard hearted cold heartedness the goodness and kindness of God leads men to repentance. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's Romans two, four, because in that moment of selling and throwing away all my Jesus stuff, Jesus walks into my garage through this woman, invites me to church. She was so kind. She had no idea what I was going through and what I was planning to do. And all I just thrown away my Bibles. I mean, Again, obedience, obedience, something so simple, just those little urges, just go to that garage sale, just invite her to church, just show her the love of God. I mean, it was so beautiful. And before I know it, I'm going to church with them. They would save me a seat on the front row every Sunday. Wow. They not just invited me, they, she would basically hold my hand when I got there and walk me to the seat. So I wasn't alone. They got me free coffee in the cute little coffee place. She got me involved with other girls in the church that they had also gotten under their wing before I knew it. They had me in this young girls group and I was becoming friends with this mega pastor's daughter who like no one had access to, and I'm a preacher's daughter. So we started talking, Mm -hmm. but all through it, oh, all through it, I still did not know the shepherd's voice. I still did not know the voice of God. And the voice that was so much louder was the voice of shame and condemnation. Look at what you're doing. You're not like these girls. These girls have it all together. Their families love Jesus and they're all rich and they're all happy. And you're alone in a little dingy garage and you just threw away all your Bibles. You know, that voice, that lie just started coming over me and I started getting so shame filled. 
Mm-hmm. And from the shame, it began to produce the desire to sin again, a desire to rebel from this because I was so embarrassed. And I remember one of the last times she brought me into the cafe and she said, just tell me what, what's going on. Like, what are you going through? She just knew. And I just told her everything about the affair, everything I've been through. I'm bawling. She's holding my hands and praying for me. And now did I turn to God after that? No, things got worse, <laughs> but <laughs> it was a huge Jesus scene yeah I mean that time wasn't wasted for sure not at all right and I have to reiterate that you are not wasting your time Mm -hmm. if you obey God and then it looks even worse yeah you are not you're not you weren't in the wrong God will handle it because I can say although I ran even further into sin after that for a while a little bit it wasn't very very long I could not sin comfortably as much after that moment Okay. I was more convicted. Mm-hmm. I was more convicted than ever, which is why I kept pushing further. Yeah. Because <laughs> again, so, that shame. Yeah. So you knew at that time, you, you were at least aware that there, there's something better for you. Like what you were doing was not God's best. Like there yes. was something better for you. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't believe I deserved it or would ever have it. I yeah. thought that was for those girls. Those girls are pretty. Those girls have money. Those mm-hmm. girls have a perfect childhood. Those girls have the perfect family who all just love Jesus. And they're all involved in this mega church. And all the girls would show up, you know, so blessed, highly favored, which is what God, he wants for us. But not mm-hmm. that that's it. I mean, when we're Christians, we have persecution. Jesus said, they'll hate you like they hated me. We're yeah. going to have trials because trials build our character. Yeah. It ain't an easy ride per se. It is easy because you have God, but it's not just all flowers and sunshine. At least it shouldn't be if you are a Christian. Right. <laughs> it shouldn't be what can I get? And let me be blessed. We should be blessing others. But there is favor from God because mm-hmm. he's a good father yeah. and he takes care of his children. And when you tithe, you're blessed. The storehouses of heaven just pour out over you. So I was seeing that in these girls' lives. But at the time, I could not fathom that I could ever have a life like that. Mm-hmm. That's what they deserved. Again, the abuse was speaking louder, the more recent abuse. This is what you've had and what you deserve. And isn't that embarrassing? And you've had, you know, not as nice houses. And isn't that embarrassing? Those lies, just the girls were beautiful and they were so happy. And I just began to take the shame and push away from them and push away and say, well, that's not for me. That's for them, but not for me. The lies from the enemy when I was so close. Right. And that thing is the enemy is afraid. He can see what's happening. Hell can see what's happening and they will fight even harder Mm-hmm. when you're getting even closer to freedom yeah. in God and finding your true identity. Yeah. And it was like, hell was like, grab her, let's go. And I was like, sure. You know, and it yeah. just, it went yeah. downhill. Yeah. And shame, yes. shame is powerful. I mean, it is, it can, it can distort, you know, thoughts and views yeah. and it, it, it is people and it isolates you as well from others. Yes. Oh. Yeah. The enemy uses that tactic and it's uh it can be heavy it can be intense oh yeah so awful it's so sad because I see it in so many people now mm-hmm. and when I see them where I was I'm like oh I just see the lie over you and I just yeah. wish you knew and you just that's why you share you have to share that there's hope absolutely that's yeah. what will set the truth will set people free and when we bring people the truth of our testimony and the glory that God has it brings people the hope of Jesus Christ that shame will try to pull you away from. And it's strong, but it is not as strong as God. (laughs) It is not the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Yeah. Yes, that's right. 
absolutely. Yeah. And um, James 115, it says, um, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. And after this church experience and pulling away, I truly had a desire, you know, after the desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin gives birth to death. That's truly where my life ended up going after that, because I turned and just started running towards the world. And, you know, the Bible says, if you seek me, you'll find me God. Mm -hmm. But if you seek the world and hell and everything in it, you will find that. And I truly just turned my back again, said, I don't want anything to do with God. I'm going in the opposite direction. And it truly began to just produce extreme loneliness, extreme death in every way, (laughs) hopelessness consistently in my life. Mm. Um, But there's hope because there is 7.14 says, but if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face and turn from those wicked ways, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Yes. And that is a foreshadowing of my life now. Yes. <laughs> At yes. the time that did not happen, but that is our hope. Right. That's right. <laughs> now, did you stay in that church at the time or did you stop going? Oh, I ran yeah. so far from church. I, I was there for a little while, but then yeah. I, I couldn't take the shame. I felt like I had the scarlet letter every time I walked in and the enemy was just telling me, you don't belong here. And I was like, yeah. you're right. Let's go. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and I ended up writing her years later though, when I got born again and telling her everything that happened after and just thanking her and telling her like, you have no idea. I was selling everything. Jesus, I'd thrown away my Bibles and you walked in my garage. Like, yeah, you have no idea. Thank you. Like I just had to reach out to her. Oh, I bet. I'm sure she liked seeing that. Yes. That probably (laughs) made her day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we're still Facebook friends. So she's gotten to see my life with Jesus now. So we still can keep in touch, but oh, just always be obedient to that urge from God because my gosh, what a massive seed that was for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, other than her, the largest part of my life that had finally, I believe was the biggest seed, um, was a girl named Tracy. Mm she loved Jesus and had such a strong family for the Lord. And, uh, we had met back in high school briefly. We didn't go to the same high school, but we played basketball. And so, um, uh, met briefly. And for some reason I added her and another girl on my Facebook that I had remembered from a basketball camp and didn't know them from anyone else. And I, I remember just scrolling at times Tracy's stuff would come up and it was never just preaching Jesus. It was just her life. Mm-hmm. Every time I saw pictures of her family, I was overwhelmed with joy. Mm-hmm. It was like the person you just can't stop looking at. I was like, I just want to look at this. I don't even know who that is, but it makes me happy. Yeah. And it just, there was so much joy in her eyes. And I had no idea at the time it was this Holy spirit living inside of her. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, man, her life is so happy and she's just so joyful. And Every time I see it, I, I mean, it could be six months later, I'd scroll. Oh, that makes me so happy. Why do I feel happy looking at that? And um, right around my divorce, I ended up reaching out to her and her and her husband were there for me through the, the divorce and even there for my ex, like making sure he was okay, making sure I was okay, speaking life into us, like hmm. giving us biblical advice and praying for us. But then towards the end, when I began that affair, I had become close to Tracy um, talking often. Uh, always asking for advice. 
And I knew she had the Lord in her. So when I decided to divorce, have that affair, I stopped all communication with her. Never spoke to her again. Couldn't even look at her. And that was the thing. If somebody had Jesus in them, I wouldn't be near them. I couldn't go around them because it was their life alone was such a conviction for me. Yeah. And I also didn't want them to tell me to stop because I was having fun (laughs) and no one's going to tell me. (laughs) Yeah. Did she, did she notice a change in you? Did she ever talk to you about it or say, Hey, (laughs) yeah. Years later, or I guess less than a year later when uh, I'll get to that point, but we, we end up talking again. Okay. And she said, you just fell off the face of the earth. Like you used to be on social media and you were gone. Like you didn't talk to anyone. There was no way to like really reach out. Yeah. Um, she, I think she had reached out a few times. I remember when I wrote her, I said, I think I'm going to get a divorce. Like, you know, I said, I, I think I'm really going to do it. But by then I was already in the affair. Yeah. Um, by the time I told her and I didn't tell her about the affair, I didn't tell her anything. So as far as she knew, I was a good Christian girl. And I just had found some things out and was leaving my husband and I had biblical reasons. And so she was still, you know, saying, ask God for guidance. You know, God can heal anything. Just ask the Lord for guidance, follow the Holy spirit, but I was already gone. And so she did notice and she did try, but I pretty much cut off all ties. I wouldn't respond to anyone who's saved. I wouldn't go near them. I was off all social media. Like if you ever see those red flags and people like losing all of a sudden acting different, dressing different, yeah, uh, hanging out with different groups of people. All of a sudden they're off social media. They're, you know, it's, it was all the red flags yes. and I was gone. And yeah. so she kind of knew, but she had no idea the depths that I was going to, wow. but yeah. I, I believe she was, I think she did say she was praying for me. So she was one of the reasons, yeah. you know, that I was going to come back to the Lord and that God was still there by my side, still keeping an eye on me because so many people were praying for me that I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was one of the first people, but I turned completely away. Um, even though there were huge Jesus seeds from her, Yeah. but I did start getting really convicted around that time. And there had been two girls that I had been like working with that were out partying and stuff. And I always knew, I always had this feeling inside that I could help them. I could help. I knew that I could tell them about God because yeah. I knew about him, but instead I started getting convicted and I went the opposite direction. I started yeah. going and partying with them. Mm-hmm. And pretty much it was like right after the night of my divorce, I think I ended up calling one of them and saying, let's go. I haven't drank in since high school. I've been a good girl. I want to go get drunk. Let's go yeah. to some bar somewhere. And this, again, our sin does not just affect ourselves. If you right. are living consistent, unrepented sin, it is going to affect others around you. Yeah, that's right. And that part killed me, not enough to stop, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, but it did kill me. And it convicted me because that night we went out and got wasted. I began driving drunk again. If you know my character and you know how much I love babies and children and people, I love people. I love God and I love people. <laughs> and I have such, I had such good morals and character, but the second I chose this life of sin that leads to death. It didn't matter anymore that I was risking everyone's life. Yeah. I mean, granted, I was driving home alone on the road most of the time, but there were people. There could have mm-hmm. been people. Mm-hmm. I was driving drunk and I was getting drunk and driving and acting crazy. And that night she got pulled over and got a DUI, ended up in jail. She got in so much trouble. I felt so guilty, so awful because I knew my thought was 
I can help these girls go to church, but instead I'm inviting her to the bar. Now she's got a record. Now she's going to jail. Why am I not in jail? You know? So all this guilt and, and then that just pushed me even further. Like I hated the convictions as God started to convict me. It started making me mad. Like, no, don't convict me. I want this. Stop. You know, it would make me so angry if if Scott started to talk to me. I'd be like, no, leave me alone. I am having fun. Do you not see how much fun this is? Yeah. My friends are going to jail. I'm miserable (laughs) and lonely. Leave me alone. Yeah, that's a good time. (laughs) I would cry myself to sleep all the time. I was so lonely. And, And then I actually ran into a girl that I had gone to and met at that women's retreat, a good church girl, but I ended up hanging out with her and finding out she was, you know, a church on Sunday girl, but she loved to go party and drink and dress really inappropriately and very sexually active. And so we became, we just hit it off. I was like, this is what I was looking for. I finally look pretty. She's fun. Let's go get all this attention from guys. And we just started absolutely getting drunk all the time. I was showing up to work with alcohol poisoning, getting sent home, throwing up in the parking garage, passing out in the bathroom. I mean, every bit of the job, my career was amazing. And it was in the finance industry and I was getting more and more money and I was learning less and less. I was not paying attention at work. I had no idea what I was doing at all. And, um, she and I began being like bisexual, like kissing for boys and then going even further. These men would love that. It's such a demonic twisted thing, but guys would love that we were acting that way. So it started with me acting that way and then turned into me actually finding women attractive as well as men and love. And I loved how rebellious that was. Men loved how rebellious that was. And I loved that they loved it. And it was so twisted because no, thank you. I love my husband and I love Jesus. Like such a lie from the enemy. It was so twisted. And I just loved doing everything the opposite of what I knew God wanted. Mm -hmm. I loved that rebellion and it formed this huge root of just rebellion bursting out of me that I enjoyed. Um, I had never even really looked at porn. I think one time in my life Mm -hmm. and I started watching it every single day. Mm-hmm. so that I knew what guys wanted. I wanted yeah. to be just like that girl. And, and then the thoughts were coming, well, your job's not going really well. That's an avenue that would make money. You should look into that. And overnight, my job's starting to fall apart. And I meet this guy online <laughs> and he was so handsome, this tall, like modely looking guy. And he thought I was so beautiful, but he still had many critiques for me to get even better. Of mm. course. <laughs> Yeah. Just more and more that behavior. Yeah. And um, he was like head over heels in love, but he didn't know what love was. He wanted to get married, all these things, introduce me to his family. And I just wanted to have fun. fun. Yeah. So we began partying. We began getting drunk every weekend. And again, my low self-worth, I began paying for all his groceries, mm-hmm. paying for every date. He had no money. I'm my bank. I'm making so much money. In my bank accounts at like $10 every paycheck mm-hmm. for the next one. So you're still working in finance at this time, yeah. right? You still yeah. have the good job. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm making more money and it's getting even better and yeah. I have nothing to show for it. Yeah. I could barely keep up with my bills. I had to keep up with my good looks, you know, my makeup and my spray tans, but, and this person just was treating me like trash, but loved me so much. And this was when I was first introduced to the swinging world. Mm-hmm. 
he told me I'm a swinger and I really had never heard of it. And I, I kind of knew the gist of it, but I really didn't understand. And he just said, you know, open relationships, sex with multiple partners, um, all these things. Like there's a big world out there. You don't know there's parties and there's online accounts. You can sign up on that account to let others know it's like a dating set site. Mm. Um, it's really expensive, but it's so much fun. And it, this is what I do. And my ex was a stripper. Let's start going to strip clubs and Hey, you would make money. Let you should become a stripper. And before I know it, my job is getting worse and worse. I'm barely keeping my job. Um, I'm going out every weekend with this guy to strip clubs. Meanwhile, I'm a preacher's daughter. I know better. Yeah. I may not have had a relationship with Jesus, but I know this is wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel so much conviction. Yeah. And not to mention so many girls in the porn industry and in the stripping industry are abused. Yeah. Women who have been hurt by men. Yes. This, their last resort. They don't want this. It's an abusive industry. It's twisted and demonic. And here I am an abused girl who doesn't know her worth thinking about becoming a stripper or going in the porn industry all of a sudden and shutting off everything behind me. I don't want to hear it. I I don't know how to make money anywhere else. I'm not smart. I'm not worthy. This would be easy fix. And I start looking into it, seriously looking into it, even at the strip clubs begin dancing with my clothes on for people for money. I start making money in these strip clubs. And then this boyfriend stole the money from me. Oh my gosh. Oh. Chaos. Yeah. Going home, crying my eyes out, feeling disgusting, shocked with my life, lonely, hopeless. Yeah. But let's just throw some more alcohol in because this is what I want. I don't want that religious life. This yeah. is fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, just listening to that, I mean, you can hear the differences in what God has to offer and what the world has to offer. You know, you said you were hopeless, that your life was chaos. Mm -hmm. You didn't feel worthy. It was a constant struggle. Then you have Mm -hmm. God that offers you a life of peace, calmness, you know, full of hope and existence. And you can just so vividly see the difference, the contrast in the two worlds. And yeah, yeah. wow, that's, (laughs) that's quite the turn. Yes. Quite the turn. Yeah. And overnight, like I said. Yeah. Did you at that time, were there any relationships in your life that were um, someone that was a Christian at the time, like loving you, saying, Oh, hold on, I see this? Of course, at mm-hmm. that time, you weren't receptive to it. Yeah. As well. So, yeah. 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 Um, no, at the time, I didn't have anyone really. I pushed everyone out. If you were a Christian, I ran so far from you. Um, My ex and I had mutual friends. And I remember, so there's two things here. One, if you're a believer and you see someone going off the deep end, just love them. Like don't preach at them, bring truth and love, but ask the Holy Spirit for guidance when and how, but don't just give up on them completely. Mm -hmm. Um, for one. And for two, um, you know, I had made bad choices to push them away, but I had a really close friend. I remember her husband showed up in tears. Um, and I was shocked because I felt betrayed because they had kind of taken the ex's side after the divorce. I never saw them again, but I was happy because I didn't want them around because they would convict me. And I wanted to go do these bad things and I didn't want them to know about it. 
But at the same time, I was so hurt that they weren't talking to me. I think there was a lot of lying manipulation yeah, or just miscommunication around as well. Yeah. But I remember her husband showed up in tears and said, like, why are you doing this? Why aren't you talking to my wife? And I'm thinking, y'all haven't reached out to me. Like nobody has reached out to me. Y'all haven't talked to me. I would think by now y'all would have said, are you okay? You know, anything like I was running and I needed that love. Yeah. I needed someone to talk to me, but they took it as they got offended in a way or took it as I didn't want to be friends with them. Hmm. But I was honestly waiting for their text any day, waiting hmm. for that call. So I don't know what would have happened if, if they kept pursuing. Um, yeah. But I remember being hurt by that and being shocked that they were hurt because I was thinking, yeah. I'm the one who just went through a divorce. I'm the one running out in the world. I'm drunk every night. I'm mm -hmm. losing my mind. Y'all have your life together and love Jesus. Why are y'all not reaching out? But I remember he was upset with me and crying and saying like, she misses you. She loves you. Like, I can't believe you're not friends with her anymore. And I got so mad after that. I was like, how dare you? Like, you haven't even reached out. You know what? I'm done with y'all too. Yeah. And so I truly had no one, but I purposefully positioned myself around people that I knew didn't know the Lord, that I knew wanted to party. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I just secluded myself and stopped all communication with everyone except for partiers who wanted to do what I wanted to do and who justified what I was doing. And I justified what they were doing. Yeah. It made it so much easier. And isn't that what the enemy does? I mean, he truly does try to isolate you, fill you with lies. This looks better. Um, and yeah. again, it goes back to shame. I mean, you know, oh. he uses that shame is this huge, yes. I don't coat that you know yeah. to, to cover you with and and guide you another way yeah yeah that's, oh, yeah that's amazing yeah I know it was it was really oh I look back and I was like man I just, oh it's so sad like I would never do that to someone now I reached yeah. out to her later and told her too that I got yeah. saved and God will always restore and redeem but um right. Yeah. If they had maybe asked the Holy spirit, like, do we pursue her? Who knows what would have happened? Mm -hmm. I might've just pushed them away, but, um, obviously I would handle things different now since sure. I know Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was just all around just sad again, like sin brings destruction, not to our lives, but to everyone around us. Yeah. It affects everyone. Like even through divorce, I, I am now I am married <laughs> a little foreshadowing the future here, <laughs> but, uh, I'm married and I can honestly say that there's nothing that will ever have me choose divorce. Now, if my husband ever tried, what's one thing, but I, I know he won't Jesus name, but my point is there is nothing. There's no reason I will never get a divorce. There's nothing that God cannot help me forgive, love, work through mm -hmm. anything, because I don't, Dan Moeller, the preacher I talk about always says, if you're a true believer and your life is laid down you don't wake up to be loved. You wake up to love because you are already in love. You're already in the presence of God who is love. You don't need anything from your spouse. You are there to love them. And if they truly love God, they'll love you the way that they're supposed to as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm not for divorce. Obviously I understand there's biblical ways out and there's biblical separations if there's abuse and whatnot. Um, but I truly believe God can restore anything. I truly believe that. Um, so now that I'm saved back then, I wasn't saved. I got divorced, but divorce truly, it hurts so many. Yeah. It, it truly rips apart friendships and family. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. So now that I know God, I personally believe that he can get me through anything and he will, and he can redeem and restore anything. Um, but that's where my relationship is with God. So obviously two people would have to be there for that to work mm -hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. prayer. Yes. Yeah. God can do 
amazing miracles through prayer. But now I stand firm that the enemy will never touch my marriage. And if he does, I am, there's nothing that can ever happen, be said, done. I will be married and, and God will completely redor, restore, redeem, strengthen anything. Yeah. Um, but it's so sad how that just rips it. And I saw it, it ripped so many friendships apart. It ripped yeah. long relationships apart. And so it's just yeah. heartbreaking what the enemy yeah. does. He comes to destroy. He does. And That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. just awful. So um, heard during this episode, we heard you have an encounter with the love of God at the ladies meeting yeah. and you did get a divorce from him. Now he was the fellow that was like drugging you and abusing you without, you No, mother. there were, well, so no. there were quite people okay. around like four. That's fine. Or, yeah. Okay. That's fine. So I understand. Yes. I'm sorry. I understand. Uh, no, no, you're I, fine. That was my I, fault. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. I just skip around because yeah, that's just trying to honor everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's the right thing to do. You want to respect their privacy as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've gotten a divorce though. You had the encounter um, with the healing and the love of Jesus at the ladies' meeting. And then at some point you decided, nope, not living that lifestyle. I'm gonna go see what the world has to offer. And yeah. you were experimenting with things of the world, and that mm -hmm. brought hurt and chaos and hopelessness you've been introduced now to the world of por pornography and of mm -hmm. uh, swinging in a mm -hmm. you know yeah so where do you want to end here and pick up or do you have more that you would like to continue right now um it's up to you whatever works for you I mean, I got more stuff if you want to talk. Okay, <laughs> let's do. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I know this is heavy, you know, heavy yeah. memories. And it's, but I remind myself that you are healed. I mean, you're not, oh, yeah. this isn't too much for you to share. So um, yeah, what whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. You can continue on from this point. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and I know it can be heavy for listeners too. I mean, my best friends are like, girl, when you first started sharing your testimony, woo, like, thank God we have the Lord. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Cause for me, it's not heavy. It's not heavy okay. for me. Mm -hmm. And I know that cause I'm healed, but mm -hmm. I know that it's different. Like, even if you're a healed born again, Christian, when you hear it about someone else, like your empathy for them, you know, yes. like my friend, yeah. my best friends, Tracy and Raina, Tracy was like, I'm healed, born again, love Jesus filled with the yeah. Holy spirit. And I know you're healed. That's why you can talk about it. But Tara, hearing what happened to you breaks my heart for you. And I'm like, no, I get it. I get it. Like, it I does. know that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just so healed from it. I'm like, what's wrong? Why are y'all crying? What? <laughs> Everything's great. <laughs> and people are like, do you hear what you just said? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. That was pretty bad, but it's yeah. gone. Like Jesus healed it. <laughs> and it is, it is like a different, I mean, you are a completely different person now. It's oh, like, yeah. it's almost like you're talking about someone different yeah. that you knew but it's yes. not you and it's you know you are a new creation so it's yeah. not the same person but yeah it's yeah. uh yeah. it's like a movie I often say like I feel so my heart breaks for that girl like yeah. I feel so bad for her like I can't I that person is so dead and gone yeah that it's not me it's I'm looking I'm like wow I I'm not that person anymore it's yeah. so crazy and amazing <laughs> it is it and is only yeah well continue on yes go right ahead I just didn't want you know yeah. you to have too much this time but yeah you go right oh. ahead yeah okay yeah. yeah um I was just gonna read uh Corinthians 618 because um as I started online dating I knew bible verses 
Mm-hmm. And I remember these verses just kind of flooding my mind and me just blocking them out. But mm-hmm. I remember hearing, you know, that the Lord trying to say these things and I could hear like this echo of him and just shutting it out. But, um, Corinthians 6, 18 says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Um, and at that time I still did not, I was still big on not wanting a lot of sexual partners. Um, as I mentioned in the past episodes, like I wanted to save myself for marriage younger. And I still had this, the Lord had still had these seeds planted in me one to save yourself for marriage, but two, in my mind, the amount of people I slept with was such a big deal, mm-hmm. which like the Bible says one to a hundred, like it's the same in God's eyes. But yeah. to me, I was like, I don't want a lot of sexual partners that, that just looks bad. You know, the enemy was like, so just one or two, you'll be fine. You know, we're good here. You know, such a <laughs> lie. <laughs> but I had met that man, the, the boy that um, had told me about the swinging world. And it's so true that verse, because when you are physical with someone, there is that connection that God only intended for marriage. Mm-hmm. And now not that sex is a bad thing. Like in such like backwoods religion churches, like you don't talk about sex. It's such a bad thing. Don't mention that, you know, it's such a beautiful thing and God created it. And it's good for marriage between a man and a woman under the covenant of God. It is beautiful. You will populate the earth with kingdom babies. Mm-hmm. It is pleasuring. It is all the things God intended, but outside of it, it truly brings nothing but destruction heartbreak. You're so much more connected to that person. So when you leave that person, there's a connection that was only ever intended for your husband or your wife, your spouse and, um, diseases. I mean, everything you just, there's so much that God is protecting us from when God's telling us not to have sex outside of marriage. He's not boring. He's not a rule, you know, Mm -hmm. person that's just wanting to take all the fun from your life. He loves us. He's a good father. And he's protecting you from things that are going to harm and hurt you. (laughs) And that's where the world gets it backwards. Like, man, Christians and God is such a rule God, but it's, it's for our benefit. It's for our good. And once again, I knew all these things and I could hear these verses and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not, we're not talking about that. (laughs) Um, But I, I had, you know, gotten into this job that required an Ivy league, uh, college degree. I had an online college degree. I mean, it was miraculous that God got me into this job, double pension, my career's taking off. I'm making all this money. And here I am spending my weekends with this guy. And he's saying, I want to show you this, um, online swinging club. Mm -hmm. Once you like sign up, you're kind of official. Everyone on there will know you can meet up with locals. It's a big deal. It costs, you know, a good amount of money to join. You'd be surprised. There's like, I can't remember how many hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of people were on this site. Wow. Married couples, elementary school teachers, firefighters, like people you would never imagine yeah. in your life. And majority married. Like people always say, well, not married. No, majority that I met were married couples that wanted an open relationship, but to stay married. Yeah. And again, defiling the, the covenant that all these things are going through my mind. Like this is one of the, this is such a big no, no, <laughs> this is a covenant under God. Like, what are you doing? And there I was paying for the website. Again, this boy was just like, give me your money. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. Cause I have no worth in Jesus. I'm paying for this stupid website. We're putting our pictures out there, which were next mm-hmm. to nothing on yeah. publicly. 
And then you just write down anything you're willing to do so that they know. And then you just plan to meet up with people, random strangers, mind boggling. (laughs) I had been a preacher's daughter. I had grown up in church. I had been going to gateway. And now I, I knew in that moment, that was a big turning point for me of fear and what am I doing? I didn't, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. I wanted to look pretty. I wanted men to like me. I wanted to be desired and I wanted to have money and have fun. I did not want to swing. I didn't even want to have sex really, honestly. Like that's how crazy the enemy is. But you would have thought I was the most sexualized person because everybody, I knew that's what men wanted. So that's how I acted. But I truly just wanted a normal, happy, chill life with joy and to be loved. It was so the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it was very demonic. And before I know it, we're on this website and, um, we'd go to these strip clubs and he'd say, you know, I want to bring home some girls. Let's, let's start having this swinging lifestyle. Um, every single time we would try to have one of these nights, I would get sick. Something would happen. I would have to leave. God literally protected me yeah. every single well, He did. Yeah. <laughs> It was so beautiful. And again, I knew, I knew it was God. He knew I did not want to do this. I was wanting the, to please the boy. I was such a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And as I've learned, as I've gotten saved and with the Lord, you can't be both. No, you can you never be a people pleaser and a God pleaser. And a God pleaser. Yeah, that's it, right. It, they don't go together. Mm-hmm. And I was a 100% people pleaser. I wanted everyone to like me and it stemmed back to my childhood like wanting desiring that love and that affection and attention and compliments and not getting much of it and then the abuse you know that just set me off and so I was doing anything to be what he felt was the perfect girl and the perfect girl wanted to be a swinger wanted to dress inappropriate and was cool with this stuff and so I literally faked it but I was miserable and I was like I'm so jealous. I was such an insecure, jealous girl. That's the last thing I wanted was for a guy I was with to be looking at another woman, let alone doing anything else. Yeah. Crazy how the enemy knows the worst of the worst would have been that to me. I would have rather found out he was an alcoholic, a druggie, you name it, a a thief. (laughs) He liked to rob banks. Yeah. (laughs) Like you want to go rob a bank? No, but you can go if that's your thing. But swinging, like that was the last thing I ever wanted and the enemy knew did you find um a lot of people in that lifestyle maybe were like you in Mm -hmm. they didn't really want to be in that lifestyle but they just got caught up in it and the -hmm. voices the influences from the people that they loved or loved them and I use that term real loosely but did you find other ladies in the same position oh yeah um pretty much every girl I ever encountered there except for maybe one or two and it was weird because the girls that were interested their boyfriends or husbands weren't it's always one or the other it's very weird Mm -hmm. but every other girl was a people pleaser yeah desperate for attention wanted to be loved low self-esteem low self-worth and abused yeah if we started talking finding things out um I also remember meeting a man who said I was raised um very strict, controlled Christian. And now this, I get to live this life. You know, I hated that religious lifestyle of my childhood. And we ended up kind of connecting on that because, and I remember thinking, man, it's so sad how lost while I'm there with them. I remember (laughs) thinking 
he doesn't even believe that God's real anymore. That's crazy. As I am literally living this life because I knew, I, I knew deep down that God was real. Mm -hmm. Um, and I saw how hurt this person was by religion and by churches and people that misrepresented God. And here he was in the swinging world with his wife. And he was one of the like saddest situations because of how awful he treated her and how I knew she didn't want to do these things. Like it was just, it was the darkest door that I had ever opened in my life. I can't describe the darkness that you feel. You have to be completely shut off from the Lord in every way. Um, it is the darkest, most twisted life ever. Uh, it's Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, right. uh, darkness. Yeah. And again, shame, just mm-hmm. I imagine shame was in <laughs> abundance. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And shock. I was constantly thinking, I cannot believe I am doing this. I cannot believe this. This is, I would have never imagined myself here. How am I here? Yeah. But then just shutting it off to go have fun and the attention and hating every second of that. I mean, I truly hated that part of it, but I, I liked the lifestyle of rebellion and quote unquote fun I was having. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm learning less and less at my job. Things are starting to fall apart. Um, and that guy who introduced me ended up saying, Hey, there's this like underground club in this area that like only swingers know about. And it's a swingers club and it's, really expensive to get in, but it's basically a free for all like orgy. And you just go there and do whatever you want with tons of strangers. There's stripper poles and there's everything. And I remember feeling sick to my stomach. I knew, I knew biblically how demonic that was. But again, I was like, people pleaser, people pleaser. I can't say no. And before I know it, I'm paying for the tickets and I'm like, okay, it's a couple days out. Lord, I, and I'm like, not talking to God, but I'm talking to God. I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I, I can't do this. I, there's no way I can do this. I was sick about it, but I told him I'd go and we were going to go hundred percent. We had the day we were ready. I was at work and I remember everything was as planned. He's like, all right, come see me. You know, we'll drive there tonight. Had my outfit picked out and everything. And I'm at work. I'm a couple hours away from going to this club and I feel like I'm going to throw started happening and I just felt like death and I was like oh my gosh and I I remember standing in the stall bawling and it was the first time I allowed God to convict me and I knew he it was him like I had that little moment with him I was so thankful because again he had to stop me I wasn't going to stop myself I was not going to stop myself I was going and I was at full speed And here he was, I knew it was him. And I just broke down in conviction and so much gratefulness. Yeah. (laughs) And I just cried and cried. And I texted the guy, I'm not going tonight. I don't even care. I lost the money. Yeah. Um, And it happening. And I need to see you tomorrow. And immediately I was like, I'm breaking up with him. I'm never going to see him again. I need to get away from this dark, disgusting, twisted life. And next day met up with him told him to never see me again. He was devastated. Yeah. Wanted to bury me. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> him and my no job and no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. job. Wanted to swing married. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. You loved me. <laughs> yeah. Just just twisted. And um I remember being happy and thinking, okay, okay, I'm free again. I'm not gonna make bad choices. Now meanwhile I'm still online dating, looking at some people, my my 
Christian girlfriend who I'd been drinking and going out with had shown me an app called Tinder. And she started showing me how to use it. And I started getting so many messages and I met this really sweet guy, owned a lot of gyms. He was a Christian for Mm -hmm. the most part, um, really kind, not a swinger. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just one date me. (laughs) He thought I was beautiful and talked to me respectfully and was so kind, tall, dark, handsome, rich, you know, wanted to take me to Belize, you know, we should go on a vacation eventually. Like, I just want to treat you right. And yeah, what did I do? I wanted nothing to do with him because I believed I did not deserve that, that meeting people that were whole and healed and healthy I constantly thought they're going to find out who I really am. They're going to see how messed up I am. I have to fake it for so long. And then they're going to find out how messed up I am. Mm -hmm. And I would fake that I'm happy and whole and great. And then I'd be like, but they're going to see the real me and I'm ugly. And what if he sees me without makeup on one day? Or what if he sees me without a spray tan? I'm so disgusting. I'm not worthy of this. You know, all these twisted lies just started coming. So he and I continued talking for quite a while. Um, but we never did it. We kissed one time, like a little peck and we just talked constantly. We went on dates a few times and we stayed in contact and we were kind of seeing each other, but I just kept pushing him away, pushing him away and choosing one, two, a couple of other guys I had met online. Um, one was like a rich businessman, prestigious, a little bit old, you know, older, um, handsome guy. And I'm meeting this stranger and I'm thinking, okay, I'm just talking to them. And in this time frame, those two girls I was still talking to from my job, all of a sudden God's like, okay, you know, like I'm back with you. You're here, like start going to church. And so I felt so clean and so good. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do the good stuff. I'm going to do the right stuff again in my own strength. And I'm like, I'm going to take those girls to church. I'm going to do what's right. I had been bringing them to the strip clubs and meeting this guy and doing the opposite and showing them this party world telling them about swinging, doing the opposite. And overnight I'm like, Hey, y'all, I need to go try to find something with Jesus. Like I'm going to church. Y'all want to come. And one of the girls ended up saying yes and coming with me. Wow. And I was so happy. I was like, yay, this is how it's supposed to be. But meanwhile, I'm still talking to guys online. Um, one of them was this business guy. Um, and he had said like, let's meet up at this hotel. So I still had this choice to make. And then I seen another guy who was saying, Hey, let's hang out. You know, I'd like to take you out. And then I'd met this guy right before I went to church. It was actually gateway that I brought that girl to. Mm-hmm. And I had found this guy online and instantly I was talking with him and I'm like, this is like something I've never felt in my entire life. I really like this guy. Um, and he, we hadn't met yet. So I was talking to a few guys and I go to church and a couple of the other guys had asked me like, you know, religious status, whatnot. And I'd always lied. I'm an atheist. I don't even believe in God, even though I still technically knew he existed. I was like agnostic, atheist, don't believe, want nothing to do with it. Hate Christianity. Yeah. Um, and I, here I am walking in the gateway again, this back and forth life <laughs> with this girl that I had been bringing to strip clubs and all sorts of things. She's the one who got the DUI. Yeah. And now I'm inviting her to church. And I walk into church and I remember my phone dinged and it was the guy I was really, really starting to like. And he said, what are you doing? And I'm like, do I say I'm in church? No, don't say that. He will never talk to you again. This guy doesn't seem like he knows Jesus. Um, not doing it. And I sat there for like 10 minutes. And finally I said, I'm going to do it because I really like this guy. I don't want to lose him, but I got to say the truth. So I said, I'm at church. And he said, 
wow, my gosh, haven't heard that word in a while. I haven't been there since I was like seven years old, yeah. you know, 10 years old. And he was like, wow, it's been a while, man said something that kind of seemed like there might be hope for him and then shut it down completely. I went to church that Sunday by the next weekend. I'm meeting this rich, prestigious man in the penthouse suite of a hotel. He is a stranger and I am being sexually active with him. And I remember there was this huge balcony and he just looked very evil, very worldly, mm-hmm. but very handsome and rich, but very like, Mm-mm, this is not good. Like, this is not what God wants for me. And I remember fear coming over me. And this huge balcony was at the top of the sky rise in DFW and the doors were open. And I remember thinking he might throw me from the, like, I had this thought he might throw you from the balcony. Like he might try to kill you. And I was like, wait, what? Like I'm with a stranger. No one knows I'm here what am I doing? Like, I feel evil. I feel this fear that something bad is going to happen. And I had that thought. And I remember I just got out as quick as I could. Yeah. And I would always drive home and be like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? What am I doing? And I saw one other guy. So there were like two others and then the Mm -hmm. kind guy. And then the one I was really starting to like. Yeah. Um, so I finally go on this date with the one I really liked. And right then and there, I knew I just, really, really liked him. I didn't even want to see anybody else. Yeah. It was within like a date or two. I literally began falling in love with him. I was like, this is something I've never felt before. Our connection is so crazy. And then he say this time you're falling actually in love that the times previous was more maybe (laughs) physically driven or yeah. Rebellion. Yeah. I was so excited by the affair darkly enough that it was rebellious and I liked it mm-hmm. and that he was telling me I was so pretty and that yeah. I was his dream come true I didn't find him very attractive he wasn't my type I mean he was attractive but he wasn't my type and mm-hmm. I I couldn't believe after I was like I can't believe I had an affair with that man like that's not even something I would go for normally yeah um a lot of the things he was saying I didn't like like I didn't have a lot in common I was like oh but it was him his obsession with me yeah. Made me feel alive. Like he yeah. needs me. He thinks I'm perfect. Oh my gosh, I have to have this. Mm-hmm. But I, it was not love. It was right. a desire to be loved. Now, granted, not that this one was true love because I didn't know love because I didn't know God, but yeah. I would say it was the closest thing to actually being head over heels in love that I had yeah. never right. felt in my entire life. Something different. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. Like, I love everything about them. I I want to be with them. I don't want to spend a day without them. I could see myself forever. Um, the more time we spent and then (laughs) he sprung it on me. (laughs) He said, I'm not looking for anything serious. Um, I was in a horrible marriage for a long time. I was married before that marriage doesn't work for me. I'll never be monogamous. I've always cheated anyway. I'm a cheater. Um, and I'm a swinger. So my heart just fell. And I remember being absolutely mind-blowingly devastated because the guy that I was, the swinger that introduced me to swinging, I didn't even want, I wouldn't let him call me his boyfriend. (laughs) I didn't really like him. I liked the fun of things and the attention, but I could care less if I never saw him again. Mm -hmm. And now here I am really liking this guy. I could see myself with him forever. I wanted to marry him. Like, I was like, this is it. This is what people talk about. Yeah. I love everything. And then he told me, and I'm a swinger and I'll never be monogamous and I'll never just be you and me. And I was absolutely devastated. Yeah. 
again, dark sinking hole of hopelessness and depression. I was starving myself around him. I was working out two, three times a day. Mm -hmm. I, um, spray tanning, straightening my hair, silking my hair, you know, straight as it could be looking like these porn stars, you know, everything I could do to look like the world, to gain his attention. I was asking him, what can I do better? What do you like more? Should I lose more weight? Should I bolt? Like, I mean, I was a people pleaser to the nth degree. I began buying his groceries. I began buying all sorts of things for him. I started doing his laundry, cleaning his house, taking care of every, I could not lose him. Mm -hmm. And if I did not have a compliment from him, or if I wasn't around him, I was devastated. Yeah. It became such a, um, just bondage, like such a need for him again, because of my low Mm self-worth and, um, but he's telling me he wants nothing to do with that. He has multiple girlfriends. Um, he sees them when he travels for work to Vegas and he stays in touch with girls all over. He's dating around, he's swinging and that's just how it's going to be. And all we can do is hang out. He really likes me on paper. I'm the perfect girl for him, but he knows himself and, um, let's just meet at hotels. And so I met this prestigious job and there was a hotel, a dingy hotel next door. I started paying to see him at a hotel every time, just so we could hang out, be intimate, but also just, we would talk for hours. We would hang out, but I was taking two hour lunches at a very strict prestigious company and they watch you. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm hanging out with him and hanging out with these other guys. And I, kept the other guys around to try to make him jealous, but I didn't really like them. And they had like anger issues and they were worldly and kind of creepy, <laughs> but yeah. I was still seeing them. Um, did he still- know about them? Yes. He, he knew about them and he didn't care. And that made me mad. I was yeah. like, ah, you don't care. <laughs> well, I have another boyfriend. He was like, cool. I'm like, oh, well, what if I see him tomorrow? And he's like, oh, I said, hi. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so angry. Yeah. I just wanted to be loved. I just wanted to marry him and be loved and live happy. And that was the opposite of what was going to happen. Yeah. I was literally just devastated at the time. Um, yeah. And so time went on and he tells me the one I really liked, I was hanging out the most, but I was still seeing the others often and we get closer and closer and I'm starting to like him even more. And he tells me, Hey, so there's this swinging website. I want to get on with you. It is the exact same website out of all of the ones you could choose from that the last guy was on that God saved me from that. I finally got away from talk about like a blow to your head, just like utter devastation. Why am I here again? But now I'm here with someone that I'm falling in love with. I'm absolutely head over heels in love. I want to marry this person. I'm obsessed with them. I love them so much in my mind. Um, And I'm like, I can't lose him. I'll do anything to keep him. I didn't like anybody before him like this. I'll do anything. He says, I can't say no. He's already told me if you don't want to, that's fine. I don't, we really can't see each other. And I'm thinking I'm here again. Did he know about the past? Did he know? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. I ended up telling him to try to impress him. Oh, I'm a swinger too. Even though I really had no experience in it. Yeah. Um, And, you know, telling him, oh, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm into that too. And that made, oh, you're the perfect girl. I know, I sure am. Yep, I am. And I am dying inside. And I remember I paid for that website. Here I am again, same exact cycle. It was so depressing. (laughs) I just remember being so heartbroken. Um, It was awful. Yeah. 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 
well, that's intense. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it gets more intense, but it gets better. It gets so good. And, and, you know, um, it wasn't until probably about three years ago or so Mm. that I even knew what the swinging lifestyle Mm. was. Yeah. I certainly didn't know that actual people, like people participated in that. I mean, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Me either. (laughs) When I started listening to your testimony, Mm. I thought that is, I mean, it's just a world of brokenness, a Mm -hmm. world of looking for attention, looking for love and accepting. And though it, it's a very physical lifestyle, like physical gratification Mm -hmm. may have been Mm -hmm. taking place, but nothing that would last, nothing that gave you that lasting, you know, hope or peace. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it was, it's um, very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to look at you now and like to hear you, it's like, I can't even wrap my head around. I mean, I cannot, I cannot wrap my head around it. No, but I can't. It, but thank God for that. I mean, you are yeah. completely beauty from ashes, you know. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Completely restored. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. But you know, people need to hear that. People are still in that lifestyle and still mm-hmm. seeking that gratification. And they need to hear that really God does still love them, can oh, yeah. certainly uh forgive them of their past and make mm-hmm. them a new creation just as he has you definitely oh yeah that's a- and i noticed that that a lot of the people that were involved in the swinging world yeah it's such a counterfeit right the enemy always tries to counterfeit and yeah. copy god but in a, the opposite way everybody said i just like being a swinger because i feel a part of something i feel mm-hmm. welcomed and a part of a community we're wow. one big huge family we're, we're such a big community and we welcome each other. And it was like, these people had searched for identity, searched for belonging, searched to be a part of something. Yeah. But every single one of them had so much shame after they all felt dirty. They all felt they hated themselves Mm -hmm. Um, and hated it. Most of them. And the men just felt so shameful after most, unless they were just so far gone and addicted to sex. And just, that was all they wanted. That was, they were really dark, but Mm -hmm. to hear so many people say, I mean, there were t-shirts, there were everything like you could have, uh, you were part of the family, yeah. like you just felt so welcomed. And I remember people that I knew in, involved saying, I never felt a part of anything until I joined swinging. Yeah. Then I felt so welcomed and I had a big family. And now knowing the body of Christ, the true body of Christ, like having my brothers and sisters, having, you know, healthy churches that love yeah. the Lord and meeting my best friends now who love Jesus. I, I understand what people are searching for. They're searching for what I have now, right. but I can, you won't find that there. He will not find that in the no, world. You will find it's not true connection. Yeah. No, it is. And it leads to destruction. Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting divorced. People are cheating on people. There's oh, yeah. diseases. There's everyone's broken and unhappy yeah. at the end of the day, unless yeah. you are just so far deep into evil that that is what you desire at the moment. And you've, you know, chosen that, you know, that's a small percentage, but it is awful. Yeah. And it's a counterfeit of reality of what I have now. Yes. And now that I have this family environment in, in the body of Christ and my best friends and, uh, you know, great churches, I'm like, wow, 
what a counterfeit, like mm-hmm. the enemies, like, Hey, come over here and you'll be welcomed and loved. And this is yeah. one big happy family and it's death. It is yeah. absolute death. And then God's over here with life and life abundant and yeah. blessings and favor and joy and peace and healing and wholeness. And the yeah. opposite is brokenness. And I've been on both sides. So I can mm-hmm. tell you, <laughs> right. It, it ain't worth it. <laughs> it's not. And it's, it is not. Oh, You're right. It's so heartbreaking. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. Yes. And just, just for the listeners and the viewers, uh, stay with us. <laughs> stay with us. <laughs> it, it gets better. There. It does. We're almost there. We're That's almost right. there. <laughs> but I do hope that you pick up on how she does share. Though she's sharing her testimony, she's also sharing the word of God with you. Yes. And in that is where we find hope and where we find our identity. And, and it's through Christ that she finds her way out of this lifestyle. And um, so definitely stay with us. But if you find yourself relating to what she's saying, if you find Mm -hmm. yourself hopeless in a Mm -hmm. life of chaos, looking for love in all the wrong places, Mm -hmm. that song hit it on the head, right? (laughs) Or connection or belonging. I mean, reach out to one of us, let us help you pray with you. Yeah. Um, she is on social media as well. TikTok mm-hmm. is where I discovered her testimony mm-hmm. and it's at Tara Lynn, T-A-R-A-L-Y-N, right? And, yes. Um, and it has, um, it's Tara Lynn underscore 1111 is how you can find me. Okay. Underscore like- 1111. Yeah. Yes. So go to that and listen and just know that you're not alone. You are not yeah. alone and you're not beyond redemption. You Amen. are not beyond. Never. No. I mean, he is bigger than the lifestyle yeah. that, that you're living and the hurts yeah. that you've experienced. So, yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And uh, everyone keep tuning in. We're not. Yes. Keep tuning in. We have um, still a few more episodes and you will hear amazing testimonies mm-hmm. and what God mm-hmm. has done in her life since this time so hang in there with us and thank you again thank you thank you for joining us today please remember folks we are all in this thing called life together we may be in different parts of our story but maybe just maybe by hearing from others we will be reminded we aren't alone If you are enjoying this podcast, please give it a follow and please feel free to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to it. This helps others find the podcast and it sure makes my heart happy. You can also find me on YouTube at Maxetta Gad with new episodes each Wednesday. Let's do it again next week.